And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors. Good morning, everybody. This is Janet Yellen filling in for the boys. And I uh, just thought I wanted to clarify my comments from yesterday about recession. We're not in a recession. You're all dreaming. We're in recess. Just that the snacks are more unaffordable. There's a little less cream in your Oreo. That's what my dear husband George says. And my gosh, he's a beautiful man. He says, when I sit on the couch and I get up, it's a depression. But when our young housekeeper comes in and sits on the couch, it's recovery. I don't really understand it. He's a genius, but I don't get it. And then he never uses the pool, but since our wonderful pool, our wonderful cleaning woman uses the pool, and I say, honey, aren't you cold in that bikini? But he's out there swimming. So I just want to let you know, we are no lot or not in a recession. So take it out of your mind. Hey, I'm back. This is Rich Rosso. Danny decided to leave the building. He did not want to be seen with Janet Yellen, Brent. <laughs> One day I'm going to be like psycho and I'm going to be permanently shift. One day? To the <laughs> but I'm going to permanently shift to Janet Yellen. And that's, you know how they find him at the end? And yeah. he's just his mother now? Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to be in the gray wig, mm -hmm. sitting there going, oh, Brent, remember those days when I came on the radio and I talked about that there's no recession? By the way, Wikipedia has decided to go in and redefine recession based on Biden's definition, and you can't go in and update it. Isn't that sweet? George, get away from the cleaning woman by the pool. What do you think of that, Wikipedia? Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. It's a conspiracy, everybody. Stick to your guns. Big day uh, for news. Obviously, Amazon had uh, is up over 12% pre-market. Apple's up. Uh, we, we love tech again. Isn't that wonderful? But we're going to have the employment cost index, personal income, personal spending, real personal consumption. Obviously, uh, I think spending will be up. It's not that you're buying any fun stuff. You're just spending more on the stuff you need to survive every day. But that's not recession. That's recess. Um, so keep in mind, we have a lot of data. University of Michigan current conditions. Futures are up. Uh, S&P futures up 27. You know, uh, Lance talked about this a lot that, hey, we had a pretty decent tailwind here. I know a lot of prior uh, reflexive bounces have stalled, but this one seems to have a bit of legs. Uh, this is, you know, again, my own opinion. This is how it works with bear markets, right? They, they pull you in. They make you think it's all over, right? Uh, we, we, we didn't have enough negative sentiment out there. So we have to see if this is real bottom or this is a temporary bottom. We let the market tell us 
if that is the case. Either way, it'll be very interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, uh, off, so uh, one of the things uh, that we're seeing here is that the crypto collapse has flooded the market with Rolexes. So I guess when you became a crypto billionaire, millionaire or billionaire, Brent, guess what you did? You bought a trophy watch. Ooh. So they were selling the, all these big uh, sought-after watches, Rolex Daytonas, Patek, I think that's how you pronounce it, Nautilus. Patek Philippe. Yeah. Yes. Chrono 24, which sounds like a bad virus after monkeypox. The next, the who says that we will have Chrono 24 coming in just around November. So keep your eye on that. So I guess one of the first things you did when you were a crypto millionaire is uh, buy a luxury watch. That's a bad sign for me. I used to, um, when I first started as a broker, one of the things that you had to do was buy a luxury watch. And I said, no, I think the one thing you need to do is not buy a luxury watch so that the person sitting across from you doesn't think that you're making money and they aren't. Well, of course, I used to get beat up for that. But it's been, I used to get beat up through my 20s. Once I wore a pink shirt, and that did not go over well. That just did not. Got to wear white. And you got to have a Rolex. And I said, nah, not doing that. Not buying a Rolex. Listen, if your advisor doesn't follow the rules he or she provides to you, drives a fancy car, has a fancy watch, is in debt, how the hell are you listening to them? It doesn't make any sense. Hey, by the way, Inflation Nation, uh, we're really excited. We have some really good tips. No, but recession's transitory. Don't worry, all this inflation, recession, it, it passes by like the wind. Oh. It's Inflation Nation. Nine's that plan. Come sit in. You'll have fun. We're gonna micro-budget your life. And post post social security. That's what my Georgie says. And credit cards. We're gonna renegotiate re rates. But don't do it as Janet Yellen, cause they'll hate you more. They'll raise your rates and you'll be poor. So that's Thursday, August 4th, 12 p.m. Zoom, Danny and I, uh, doing our Inflation Nation nine step inflation battle plan unless you believe it's transitory and then you can just chat with us and tell us how transitory it is for your household gas prices are down thank you president biden you know so now he's going to take credit for that um that's uh that's a nice thing brent what do we do off 30 40 cents gas prices so that's a nice thing i felt good yesterday i filled up my wife's hoopty for under 60 bucks oh very nice. And then you just blew it at the grocery store, right? <laughs> no, we went home. <laughs> Listen, there are people that are changing habits, but the one thing I will tell you, um, co the makers of uh, Coca-Cola, if you look at a lot of these companies, we know one thing. When Unilever and Mondelez, when all these Kimberly Clark, when they raise prices, they don't go back and lower them again. They get real creative with packaging 
right? They pull the cream out of your Oreo and tell you it's there. Listen, you could tell anybody anything now because you're not in recession. So you can get a bunch of Oreos from Mondelez, right? That's Nabisco. And you open it up and you're like, wait a minute. It's just a cookie. Oh, no, there's cream in there. You're just not seeing it. We redefine the definition for cream. So don't worry. Everything's getting redefined now. Okay? Oh, I like this music, Brent. Thank you. I feel like I'm in the disco with my beautiful husband, George. I wonder how many people have just tuned out to the whole show. What do you think? Um, I'm afraid to even look at YouTube. So listen, when we get back, we're going to be talking about lessons for older Americans from the late Ivana Trump. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Financial Fitness Friday. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Inflation touches every aspect of your life. No one can avoid it because we're living in an inflation nation. RIA Advisors has a nine-step inflation battle plan, and we're sharing it with you in a special summer lunch and learn, Thursday, August 4th at noon. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. There's no magic elixir against inflation. Our nine-step plan can help you blunt inflation's effects. Register today at realinvestmentadvice.com. realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. Hi, this is Charlie Kate Dow, and you're listening to Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff on Financial Fitness Friday on The Real Investment Show. How cute is that? Was that one of the little Ratliffs? Actually, that's one of mine. Is that one of yours? That's Charlie Kate. Oh, she is so cute, but she's getting big. Right? Oh, yeah. Nine years old. Going on 25. 17, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's so cute. She co- so um, I want to thank Shashkashishikated, whatever I can't remember. Shashkashila. Oh, Shashkashila. Okay. Mm. Thank you. Her. Janet always starts her sentences with so. Thank you for that. I have to remember that um, overall, so I appreciate that very much. So whatever R word that you don't want to use today, uh, where one thing you have to say is, and you can use the R word here, the recovery is over. So you may want to, when you're dealing with your more open-minded friends, say, well, I'm not going to say recession because that offends you, but I can certainly say the recovery is dead. So that we know uh, overall. So um, this was a surprise to me uh, growing up in New York, you know, uh, in the 80s, you know, Ivana Trump and uh, Donald were sort of royalty, right? Uh, they were all the social events and Ivana Trump was always like this kick butt kind of presence in New York. But she was always perceived, just being a New Yorker then, she was always perceived as 
friendly and nice and smart. You know, she she wasn't abrasive. She sort of, you know, Donald was sort of out there doing his thing, and she was always sort of also out there doing her thing. So when she died, when she was found dead in her Manhattan residence, she was 73. That sort of shocked me a little bit because um, I've always thought of her as young and vibrant. So she was always known as this dynamo socialite, right, and this deal maker in heels. And her death from a blunt trauma from a fall down the stairs in her townhome was a shock to residents. And again, because she was so vibrant, she was full of life. I, I was looking at people who left flowers um, at the townhome, and there was one woman they interviewed and said, listen, she used to walk her dog every day and say hi to me. And she always said hello to me, and she always was approachable. And um, so it had me thinking about the money lessons that she might have left for older Americans. And this is a piece that I wrote for Lance for next week. But listen, it's tough to age. But you don't let the process get you down because it's too hard to get back up. Okay, that's a bad joke. Uh, so listen, it is a great challenge, uh, growing older. It's a tough pill to swallow, right? Um, you know, you're known for what you did in your younger days. I have friends who explain to me as they age, they disappear. And I hate to hear that, right? It's, I'm just no longer there. I go out, nobody looks at me, nobody talks to me. But listen, hey, for me, uh, and I know a lot of the partners and people here, I think we're living our best, best selves. And I wouldn't change it. It's, but ageism is a societal challenge. Based on numerous surveys, white papers, reports from health organizations, those who are 60 and older are subject to negative stereotyping, discrimination in the workplace, and also to the younger generations. They do sis disappear in a matter of speaking. But I have news for you. I think that's about to change for you season folk, and I'll tell you why. So during the pandemic, we had the labor force participation rate collapse. Right. And it and it has yet to recover. So for those who need a reminder, the LFPR represents the people age 16 and older employed or seeking employment. So older Americans and I wrote about this, uh, but I call it the great unretirement because my thought was that people accelerated retirement that period of time. Younger cohorts decided to go out on their own or sit back. You know, they were sort of full on government stimulus. But what's going to happen, I think, I think many older Americans will seek to unravel that retirement decision and return to the workforce. It, it, it may not be for money, right? It could be that, hey, I want to be social again. I want to get out there. It's very important in retirement to remain social. And I notice, especially when men retire, they go into a bubble. And Every day blends together where women will go out there and go to different parties and luncheons, and you got to do that. But I believe these older cohorts are going to be welcomed with open arms by employers eager for a generation that is timely, responsible, and willing to work. So we got to kick ageism where it hurts, right in the work ethic, right? So... One money lesson I learned from Ivana Trump about older Americans is that the entire world is wrinkling. Don't feel bad about it. So I don't know if you got Peter Zane's, Zane's new book, The End of the World is Just the Beginning. If you haven't picked this book up, 
I implore you. It's a heady read. But he talks about the breakage in globalism going forward. You know, one of the books we love here uh, that we've all read, Michael, Lance, me, The Fourth Turning, right? How we're going into the winter of our cycle, and it's going to be tumultuous. This book sort of complements or bookends that book, right? But he's talking about population and spending shrinkages are realities that the entire globe has to embrace. Demographics outline that mass consumption-driven societies have already peaked. So by 2030, think about this, the world will be populated with twice as many retirees. So we better internalize the fact that we're getting older and financially and emotionally prepare accordingly. Long term, I understand inflation is a big deal, but poor demographics, Lance talks about this all the time. They are deflationary. So, but regardless of her immense wealth, mentally, right, there's anguish about getting older. I mean, having the money doesn't hurt. (laughs) Suffering and luxury isn't that bad. But however, aging does not care about your net worth statement. So denial is what I'm getting to. I think denial of aging is one of the best money lessons Ivana Trump has to relay. You don't need these comprehensive studies or understand that denial of getting older is reality. I I mean, I see it in me. uh, As I've changed my diet, I amped up my physical workouts years ago to fight or slow the inevitable. Lance has done that years ago. We talk about this all the time. I mean, Connie has done that. We all have like decided that if we have to embrace getting older, we've got to do it healthier. And in retirement, health equals wealth, right? Um, So that part is really important. But I think that um, overall, we engage, Danny and I, with people who aren't ready to deal with how someday they may move slower or forget more and and they'll have to work through, say, uh, a periodic illness or an injury. And older clients and their adult children have a tough time facing that mom and dad are grayer, smaller, frailer than they used to be. So this is a study that I read recently. This was actually just came out in uh, July. This is from the Center for Retirement Research that older Americans and retirees poorly assess the risks they face in retirement. Health and longevity risks, right? So the risk of living longer than expected and exhausting financial resources, that longevity risk is highly underestimated, okay? So per the study, uh, which was pretty fascinating, longevity risk and health risk rank lower than market risk because retirees are pessimistic about their survival probabilities. They often underestimate their healthcare costs later in life. Now, I meet with so many clients that tell me they're gonna die early. Like, how do they know? Like, is there a magic death ball? Like you shake it and you like, oh no, we can't plan to 85. I'm going to be dead by 70. Okay. Well, my mom died at 70. My dad died at the, okay. How is your lifestyle different than that of your parents? Listen, your future A lot of books out there, a lot of great books out there. Uh, There's one book called The Longevity Factor by Dr. Stephen Guidry. 
great book. One to two percent is DNA related, something congenital. The rest of your longevity is based on lifestyle. So maybe your lifestyle is a lot better than your parents, right? So I always ask, okay, you think you're going to die sooner, but what if you don't? Just ponder, what if you live longer than the mortality tables say? So if you read about the accounts of Ivana Trump, her friends were concerned about her home's beautiful and uh, somewhat dangerous staircase. And I've seen pictures of it, right? It's, it's this huge, very steep stairs. They were really worried about her falling. She had an elevator, and she rarely used it. The stairs at home, the carpet was worn. So although she had trouble walking, she regularly took the stairs. She had the money to remove or replace the carpet, the elevator would have been perfect, but she rarely used it. And you have to think to yourself, why is that? Right? Because I think in her halcyon days, right, Ivana was New York royalty, like I mentioned. She was young and she was vibrant. She could do anything. How can someone like that stare into a mirror and face vincibility? I mean, how can you? Can I do it? Right? It's something we have to deal with. So acceptance is the first step to a rich life as we age, to feel comfortable in different but richer skins. That's one of the lessons that I learned from Ivana Trump. Denial. <laughs> we get back, we're going to talk more about these because I want you to take these to heart because maybe you need to have a conversation with your parents. Maybe you need to have a conversation with yourself. The return will continue here on Financial Fitness Friday. We'll be right back. advice blog. It's required reading for the informed investor. Catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com. Inflation touches every aspect of your life. No one can avoid it because we're living in an inflation nation. RIA Advisors has a nine-step inflation battle plan, and we're sharing it with you in a special summer lunch and learn, Thursday, August 4th at noon. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. There's no magic elixir against inflation. Our nine-step plan can help you blunt inflation's effects. Register today at realinvestmentadvice.com. Realinvestmentadvice.com. You're listening to the Real Investment Show. And welcome back to Financial Fitness Friday. We appreciate you listening and uh, heckling us on YouTube. Although I miss Lance heckling me. I feel like, um, I don't know, what's that syndrome when you have... When you when your kidnappers take you and you sort of Stockholm Stockholm syndrome yeah yes when he's not heckling me I sort of miss him well I you, miss you, you know, Lance they're, Roberts they're moving this weekend oh and he doesn't quite have all the internet set up oh he's got for be his dying. secret lair oh he has got to yeah. be without his internet you know the charts just take over his head <laughs> honey. 
the dish isn't broken. Your MACD is. Mm-hmm. So this is really weird mm-hmm. stuff. He yeah. starts talking. You know, the chart talk yes. starts to take over. He arranges the bacon in the skillet. With My graph. relative strength is really weak after that move. <laughs> I have to say. Oh. So listen. Uh, so the reason I decided to write this piece was for growing up in New York and. Ivana Trump was sort of, you know, she was on a, she was always on the cover of some paper. What is she doing? And, you know, Donald was there, but she was a strong presence. She was a strong female presence, professional presence. Um, so when she died, it was a big shock to me. Like, oh, my gosh. And, you know, not that 73 is old. It's how she died, I think, more than anything else. And I think it, part of it was denial. Why didn't she take this? Why didn't she get the carpets redone on her stairs or renovation completed and or take the elevator? How many times probably Ivanka has talked to her about that or her other kids, right? Um, so, but if you can go past the denial and go to acceptance, if that opens the door to preparation, you eat right, you exercise regularly, you prepare for the risks of aging through a lot of people do it with our clients through comprehensive planning. They open communication with family and friends. So the next lesson is communication, right? That's one another one of those money lessons I learned from Ivana Trump's death. I, again, I just do wonder if I deny aging, then it'll force everyone around me to deny it too. Or at least, and I see this a lot, by the way, Family members and friends will discuss, discuss issues concerning them about me behind my back. Who wants that? I don't want that. So older Americans have to be open to listening. I wonder, again, how many times Ivana was, a, was uh, advised by the kids to update the place, maybe move to a one-story, take the damn elevator, uh, whatever it is. Would Ivana listen? Or just carry on like it was the 1980s. So in her mind, it was decades ago. But her aging body lived right in the here and now. So there's a a nuance um, and empathy to communicating with old ones, older adults, older loved ones. Think about this for a minute. I have a lot of clients that will sit down and say, yeah, mom's going through dementia and she... She throws questions at me like, why weren't you here yesterday? Or, you know, even though they might be in an assisted living facility and the, and the children are very empathetic about the conversation. Mom, I was just here. You may not remember that. You know, they don't get upset, right? Because they were young. They were young like us once or you once, right? So you got to listen to your special older Americans. Never be condescending. That's what I've learned um, a good idea could it be to bring in a special third party, uh, an objective third party, to assist with discussions among the family. I've witnessed adult children um, infantilize their parents, and that never works. So can you imagine approaching Ivana with a tone like that? Mommy, no, no, no. No, 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 no. She'd chop you off at the knees, right? And a lot of our parents would. Who would? Who wanted? Who wants to be talked about like that? So even mild cognitive impairment can drive a communication wedge between you and your aging loved one. But don't give it up. Don't give up sparking the conversation. So 
I work with so many people, Danny does too, who consistently need to nuance their speech with their parents. They get the points across eventually. And the impaired older relatives, in some form, eventually take action. But the process is like chipping, at a way, chipping away at an iceberg with a butter knife. It really is. But don't give it up. So Genworth. Genworth is a leader in long-term care insurance and research. And it maintains a conversation starters hub. It's really good. So if you have to have this conversation with your parents or another loved one or, or a wonderful friend of yours that you see is aging, take a look at those helpful tips um, about what to talk about, how to maintain a dialogue. Uh, so check that out. Now, if you have a financial plan, use your financial plan to motivate others. I mean, how can you discuss long-term care issues with loved ones if you are personally in denial about aging? A risk mitigation plan as part of a comprehensive financial strategy validates your commitment to preparation. Actions forge your conversations with credibility. So if the AARP's most recent home and community preference survey, 70 77%, and we talk about this on our retirement right lane classes, of adults 50 and older want to remain in their homes or age in place. That number has been consistent over a decade. But aging in place requires planning. Whether it's you're going to downsize a home, <clears throat> renovate a kitchen or a bath, to in or install easy access ramps for items of mobility like scooters or wheelchairs, it would be worth it to practice financial openness and share this information with aging parents. In other words, if you're the child, you're the child, and you're preparing for these expenses, they should be too. So be an example. Now, don't forget, long-term care, insur in in care insurance is one of Ivana Trump's money lessons for older Americans. I know, Ivana didn't need long-term care insurance, right? But you probably do. So nearly half of individuals who apply for traditional long-term care insurance after age 70 have their applications declined by an insurer. That's according to Jesse Sloan. He's the director of the American Association for Long-Term Care Insurance. However, loved ones in their, say, 50s and 60s in good health can look to long-term care insurance. The sweet spot, according to Jesse, for long-term care coverage is between ages 55 and 65. And listen, Danny and I talk about this on Financial Fitness Friday all the time. Do not get sold long-term care insurance. Without a comprehensive plan, you don't even know if you need it. And if you do think you need it, you don't know how much. Right? You may not need all the bells and whistles. If you're married, probably one of your, sp your, your spouse is going to take over some of the caregiver responsibilities. Maybe you need more surgical coverage on one spouse, the one who's going to live the longest, usually the female. So don't be intimidated. If you go to an insurance person and they're giving you this bells and whistles and riders and all this stuff, 
that you may not need. I don't even know how you purchase insurance without a plan, without even knowing if you need it or not. In, you know, inside you, you may know you need it. But you could be overspending. You could be overinsured. The only way you're going to know that is if you do a plan. Um, three out of, I'm going to say about three out of five financial plans I create reflect deficiencies to meet long-term care expenses. The misperception is that Medicare, and we are Medicare experts here. We spend a lot of time studying Medicare. Medicare does not cover long-term care expenses. Close to 60% of people surveyed in various studies across the board are under the false impression that Medicare covers long-term care expenses. Well, let me take this step back. It does for a period of time and for a very specific reason. So maybe 5% of the population will need it. It's not going to cover for the most part, what you want, which is activities of daily living overall, right? And maybe in-house custodial care. So if you look at uh, the Genworth's cost of care survey, they update this every year. They've been tracking long-term care costs across 440 regions across the United States. Genworth assumes a 3% inflation rate. Um, we don't. We, we, include, we do about four and a quarter to four and a half percent. And I may have to adjust that next year depending upon what I see. But in today's dollars, I use Houston, Texas as an example. A home health aide who assists with cleaning, cooking, and other responsibilities for those who seek to age in place can cost over $54,900 a year. That's not chump change. That's a lot of money per year, and you may need it for about three to five years. With dementia, right, then you might progress to a, a mental care facility even longer. When we get back, we're going to wrap up this uh, segment and go on to Don't Be a Dumb Ass with Cash. We'll talk about that when we get back on Financial Fitness Friday. Daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Inflation touches every aspect of your life. No one can avoid it because we're living in an inflation nation. RIA Advisors has a nine-step inflation battle plan, and we're sharing it with you in a special summer lunch and learn, Thursday, August 4th at noon. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. There's no magic elixir against inflation. Our nine-step plan can help you blunt inflation's effects. Register today at realinvestmentadvice.com. realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Invest Show. Eric, 
I really shouldn't be this awake, should I? <laughs> I'm going to crash around 3 o'clock. And this is rich without coffee. Well, half a cup. <laughs> oh, I don't think I got that caffeine intravenous drip infusion yeah yeah listen you know see tonight's mega millions jackpot yeah. there buddy mm -hmm. 1.1 billion dollars stupid tax on the mathematically challenged i'm gonna tell you i'm an advocate for playing the lottery what a financial planner and i'm gonna tell you why it's the cheapest entertainment in town and i'm gonna tell you why you go out and you spend five dollars on a scratch-off uh-huh. Okay? Yeah. Before you even get to scratching the off, <clears throat> what's going on in your brain? How are you going to spend it? Right? You are living. Yeah. The endorphins are overflowing. The entertainment in your head is crazy. I need to go spend $30 at the movies for what I could spend $5 on a scratch-off for. Right? Your imagination goes wild. It's not the winning part. It's the anticipation part that becomes entertainment in your head. And then that scratching thing, maybe men are like that because, you know, I'm not going to get into it. But <clears throat> maybe scratching also feels good. The endorphins are flowing. You spend $2 on a mega million... 1.1 billion, and you think about all the great things you're going to do with the cash. How I'm not showing up for this show anymore, by the way. <laughs> what? I <laughs> mean, we're stuck with Janet? This is Janet Yellen calling from Hawaii. <laughs> George, you can go ahead and stay with Conchita over it with the, you know, at the house at the pool um, somewhere else. I'm just saying, there's something to. The imagination. There's something to creating endorphins in your head with that little ticket. Best entertainment around. Just don't get hooked, okay? You don't have to play it every week. Once in a while, you feel a little down. You get yourself the scratch off. Just saying. Sorry, Dave Ramsey. I'm very sorry. It is cheap entertainment. It's oh, my gosh. Before I even leave the convenience yeah. store, I'm like, where am I? What am I thinking? I'm just not that easily amused. I am. I have very <laughs> low standards. <laughs> I am so easily. Listen, with inflation, you've got to be, right? Yeah, well, there's that. When I was a kid, I was so poor. You know, How poor we were to, you, Rich? <laughs> how poor, I used to take um, the clothespins, uh -huh. the wooden ones, yeah. and I would put little faces on them. <laughs> and and we would have, you know, wars, you know, we, we, you mm -hmm. ones in green with the army guys. Yeah. Then my grandmother would go, where are all of the clothespins? Why am you driving me crazy and now they're full of paint? <laughs> so <laughs> your imagination is a wonderful thing. And I think, you know what I think, Brent? Now maybe Charlie, Kate and all that, maybe they're different. But the kids have lost that, I think, with all the technology. Oh. <laughs> Like we used to have the dolls and the yeah. puzzles yeah. and the color forms and all these things that your imagination was like your best friend. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there are some games that spark the imagination, but it just seems to me that we lost some of that connect. Let me tell you about this nine-year-old's imagination. Oh, boy. Yeah. She and her four-year-old brother 
decided they wanted to play in the snow in July with talcum powder. In the middle of the living room. All over the oh, place. Oh, you know, talcum All powder over the place. does not come out. No. There are crevices on your body mm-hmm. you don't even know you have. There you go. Until you're coated in talcum mm-hmm. powder. <laughs> now I'm thinking about coating chicken for fried chicken because I'm hungry. <laughs> um, so I'm just saying, go out and get yourself a ticket. Um, so long-term care issues, right? Then you don't have to worry. You'll be like Ivana Trump, except... The people who listen to the show would get their stairs repaired or take the damn elevator, right? So long-term care costs for insurance can be prohibitive. But you know what? There are a lot of ways to pay for it. One is a reverse mortgage. I know. The horror stories about these products, I'm going to tell you, are overblown. No, I don't sell reverse mortgages. But the most astute of planners and academics understand how incorporating the equity from a primary residence into a retirement income strategy can help with the burden of long-term care costs. Those who talk down these products are speaking at a lack of knowledge and they're falling easily for false narratives, like the whole society. We all fall for narratives. You know what I've been saying lately, Brent? Everything, everybody, everybody's comments, everything I see, it's all foam, no beer. We don't get past the narratives. Remember when Lance, ESG was the hottest thing in the world, and then Lance decided to go into the beer, right? He decided to blow the foam off and dig deep and found out how, I, what a sham most of them are. Now, mm-hmm. this is a deal. Yeah. This is a big deal now, right? Everybody's talking about ESG, too expensive, you know, an S&P and a fur coat, whatever you want to call it. Lance was one of the first ones to say, to go through this and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you up to, Larry Fink? You're See, just trying to sell product. Down here in Texas, we call that all hat and no cattle. I would be me. I have no cattle. <laughs> I'd like to have cattle, but I wouldn't need it. See, yeah. this is my problem. I'd be dressing it. Well, you'd be cow. Putting a little hat. Yes. You know, it would not work. But you know, uh, keep in mind that reverse mortgages have layers of costs that you have to understand. Um, our approach to helping older Americans age in place is we consider reverse mortgage in the analysis in state of a, I don't know, last case scenario. We try to go through all these other measures first. And I will tell you, these fa- plans have a high probability of success. Income is necessary as water when it comes to retirement, right? For many retirees, you have to, they want to age in place. They have a lot of net worth in their home, but they're cash poor and they don't want to move. Okay, your kids don't want your house. Why would they? Unless you're on the beach or something. Even then, they're probably going to sell it. So work the reverse mortgage. Use the proceeds property. You, you properly. You use home equity lines of credit. This is the same thing in reverse. Okay? So we have to look at, heck, even Ivana Trump is in denial about aging. Are we? So just uh, just keep that in your mind. I'm writing the piece next week. If you ever want to read, you want to read it, take a look at Real Investment Advice. So broad perspective on cash. 2021 survey, prank rate, only 39% of Americans said they could cover an unexpected expense of $1,000. The personal savings rate was 13% in 2020. It's about 3% now, right? Real wages, we know, have declined. 
So if inflation's nine, real wages right now, on average, are I mean, um, wage increases are coming in at four. I'm in the hole about 5%. Most Americans are cash poor, but I'm going to tell you something. Cash is becoming a better place to have money. But a broker will tell you or somebody you're listening to on CNBC or Fox Business is going to say, oh, my gosh, cash is the worst thing in the world. It's terrible. Terrible. Remember? Terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. You're not going to keep it there forever. It's going to help you in a portfolio to manage risk. Take off, take some of the edge off. Bonds haven't done that, right? Bonds haven't been what they were supposed to be. The foundation, they have gone down like stocks. But if I had cash, if you're in a 401k right now, you may have something called a stable value fund. And a stable value fund is sort of a blend of insurance in there. You don't, you don't have those in IRAs. We used to have one in IRAs, and then they took it away from us. How dare you? But you're going to probably get, I'm going to guesstimate, maybe 2.5%, 3% on a stable value fund in your IRA. So if you're feeling a little uncomfortable, this is not an all-in, all-out decision. This is... Let me get enough cash in here to manage the storm properly. That's all. If you look at, I have, and we talk about this, Danny and I, all the time. You have your financial emergency reserve. You have what we call your financial vulnerability cushion, right? That's six months more in cash above your emergency for things that happen. We talked a lot about this about a year before the pandemic, Well, yeah, the air conditioner goes out. My emergency reserve. Car needs to be fixed. Emergency reserve, right? Something goes wrong at the house. First six months of living expenses. The next six is for the serious stuff. Someone lost a job. There's an illness. A short-term disability. Whatever it is. That's your financial vulnerability cushion. But guess what? It's never been a better time to have one. Because, and we say, use an online FDIC-insured bank. There are so many out there. Marcus Bank, Synchrony, Ally. I used them. And last night I got an email. Really good email, Brent. You know what it said? We're raising your rate again. So it's not a bad time to hold cash. Like my grandmother did in the 70s looking for CDs. Except she had to go through the newspaper and, and, and harass the banks in person and drag me with her. Now you can do it online. So easy. So check it out if you haven't used or haven't maximized your cash. It's a good time to do it. All right, that's it for Financial Fitness Friday. Lance back on Monday. We'll see you. Hope you have a really good weekend, everybody. Stay cool. Thanks for tuning in. We love you. Bye. Swear.